Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. All right, guys, so just a quick note before we get on to today's episode. First off, we'd like to thank our guest, Maddie Bergevin, for being so open and honest with her experience with pregnancy and postpartum depression. We feel very honored to be able to get the word out about her photo series she's doing right now on the subject. That being said, we just wanted to give you guys a heads up just in case any of our listeners have experienced postpartum depression in the past or are experiencing it right now. If that's the case, we just want to let you guys know that there is help out there, Postpartum Support International has a helpline. The number you can call is 1-800-944-4773. They also have a number you can text, and that number is 503-894-9453. All right, everybody, on to the show. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, our guest is Maddie Bergevin. Hey, Maddie. Hi. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for having me. Hi. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yes, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. can, do you mind, before we get into all the things we want to talk about, do you mind giving our listeners an introduction on who you are and how you got into photography? So I started out doing videography in college, and that was here in Utah. And then I moved to New York City. And for a couple of years there, I was doing wedding videos uh, on the weekends. I didn't really dive into photography because I didn't love what was coming out of my digital photography. I mm. think a lot of it was I just didn't understand on how to edit uh -huh. and make it look how I wanted. Maybe I didn't have a good enough camera. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I didn't dabble in photography until I moved back to Utah and I ended up taking a film photography workshop. And that's kind of where I got started. And I, after doing the workshop, I immediately switched over to doing all film I like got rid of my digital camera. I not I didn't get rid of it because I still wanted to do video, but yeah, I just switched over to full time film and I wanted to photograph families and I, I did that for a couple of years. And then I started working at the Fine Lab about a year and a half ago. So I'm I'm a scanning technician there as well as I do marketing for them as well. So that's kind of how I got started. And I just am in love with film photography. It is the best thing ever. <laughs> it Us really too. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. How do you like working at the Fine Lab? What's that like? It's amazing. I had a friend who took that film workshop with me who right after that started working at the Fine Lab and she she worked there for a couple of years and then she was like, You need to work here. Like you just the like your personality fits here. I just feel like you need to come work here. And she was like, if you end up being a scanner, it honestly feels like you are you're taking like you're you're going to school for film photography. It mm. feels like you've like within like six months, you've literally done like a whole major in film wow, photography. Yeah, that's true. Huh? And it honestly, it did. It, it feels, it still feels like that. I'm, I'm right now kind of during the slower season, I'm in marketing full time, but during busy season, we, I'm in scanning the other, the other part. So, but yeah, just seeing everyone's mistakes and seeing everyone's, sure. I, I knew very little about film. I found out very quickly and I just pretended <laughs> that I knew. Um, oh, that's interesting. And yeah, it's been, it's been, it was really cool to be in the scanning room for a while before getting into marketing because now I'm able to come up with actual ideas that film photographers would want to see. Whereas if I were just jumping into it without having that scanning room knowledge and understanding, honestly, like what people are worried about, what people want to see, how like just all of the different questions, I don't think I would be able to do as good of a job at, at the marketing side of things because I'm able to actually come up with with oh, yeah. ideas. Yeah. So it's, it's been really fun. I love, I love both jobs at the fine lab. Both of them are, are great. The scanning room, especially just because you're in one big open room and there's just scanners up against all the walls. And we oh, just, wow. we face the wall, we scan and we just talk all day. And <laughs> it is, it's just like one big therapy session all the time. That it's, sounds like, yeah, a great, great work environment. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. The fine lab has changed my life. It's been a really good place to work at. So I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of like seeing people's work is, is learning. That's oh, so yeah. cool. Like, oh, yeah. oh man, I'm so stoked on that for you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great. That plus really, really cheap film development. So oh, yeah. there you go. Scanning your I own bet. stuff with really nice scanners. It's that is the one thing that's like, I will honestly, my heart will break if I have to ever leave the final. Right. <laughs> no. I don't want to have to go back to painful price. <laughs> what a perk. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. 
<laughs> I used to I used to be like I guess I guess I call myself a scan technician. I worked at Ritz Camera like in okay. early 2000s. Yeah. And yeah, just to, to I mean that was like people's vacation photos and stuff like that. Right. So, right. but to be like, you know, these are, you know, professionals sending you professional work. It's got to be. Right. Well, and even even hobbyists send stuff in, but it's I mean, the Fine Lab is very focused on education, on film education and like keeping film going. And so a lot of what we do is giving feedback. So I have to actually know what's going on with these photos. If like I have to actually understand that this is just a late a light leak and not something else or not something that happened in developing or not something that happened in camera or you know, there's like a million different things. Mm. And so when we're actually giving that feedback, I have to I have to know the stuff. So it it's it's been amazing. <laughs> so how does that work? I mean, I've never used a lab. I kind of do everything myself at home. Yeah. Not not to like just like grill you on lab technique and stuff, but like say <laughs> I, I, I send you a roll and it does have light leaks and stuff stuff like that. Now, do you try to fix stuff like that? Or do you just kind of like let it go? No. Um, I mean, it depends on the service that you get. But even like our highest service where we, you're getting premiums and we're matching every image, making it as, you know, after we scan it, after we color correct in scanner, we're taking it into, into Lightroom and we're doing a bunch of different things to yeah. like match your color profile. Mm -hmm. um, even then, we're not editing out like mistakes like that. That's more of like a retouch type situation yeah, yeah. and we don't okay. do that but yeah i mean we have we have a couple different services one is um just what most people get which is basic which is just you send in your stuff we develop it and and then we scan it just to you can have a color profile with basic scans too but mm -hmm. that just means that we're trying to match what we see on on your images to what's on our screen um, and our screens are very old. The, the scanning, the scanning machines are very, very old. And so the color, like you have to kind of learn the color and see like what's translating over. But yeah, so we'll scan your stuff in and then we send it straight to you. We don't touch it. Okay. And so that's kind of like the basic, if you choose like a basic plus, that's when we're giving you feedback. That's, that's kind of what we suggest for, for people who are having issues with their cameras. Or they just don't understand what's going on or they don't, or if they're new to film, we just give them a bunch, like a few different tips on each role and point out, you know, this is a scratch in your, in your negative and this is most likely due to dust in your camera and, you know, X, Y, Z, all, all the different things. So yeah, that's basically what would happen if you sent it in. I want to learn how to do my own stuff at home. I, I just this weekend <laughs> got together with another film photographer um, who used to work at the Fine Lab, but she has left to go and do her own film stuff. So she's doing a lot of like film one-on-one mentorships. And oh, cool. she's, I think she's going to try to maybe start like a YouTube channel or something. She, she was kind of, she was talking about you, Chris, because she's like, there's like only like one other person, <laughs> who does, no, one other woman who is out there that does Film photography and like, cause did you guys see what Kodak uh, posted like Kodak with NBC, like that uh -huh. video? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They only, they only interviewed men, which yeah. is, I mean, yes, the field is dominated by it in terms of like YouTube and like people talking about it. But she was just like, I was so angry. Yeah. I need, there needs to be another woman voice. So right. anyway, I got together with her this weekend and we have been so scared to develop our own black and white at home, but we did it together. <laughs> yes. And there, were, there were a lot of mistakes made. The fixer didn't get on like all of it. And I got stop bath on my face and it was burning. And Ooh. like, <laughs> you know, it was a whole experience, but it was amazing. When we pulled out those, mm. like the film and we saw frames 
Oh my gosh. I have never felt more delight in my life. <laughs> right? It's yeah. the best feeling in the world. It was amazing. It, re- it really is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't I can't give it away to let somebody else do it. Is as grueling as it is sometimes, like especially when you got a stack sitting here like right? I do right now of like right. all this stuff I shot that I know I need to get to. When you take those like couple hours and just develop a bunch of roles, man, it's like therapeutic. Yep. And it's There's like no it's, feeling like it. It's magic every time. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? Like, it's, it's yeah. amazing. I'm trying to get... So part of uh, marketing, we're trying to come up with different ideas for the lab. And one of them is I really want us to sell an at-home black and white developing mm. kit. And like maybe oh, yeah. chemicals or something, but just give a basic, like sell with it PDF on exactly what yes. you need to do to start out. You know, I don't think it's going to actually take away from bringing clients to the lab because a lot of our clients, yes, are hobbyists, but we have a ton of wedding shooters and That's wedding shooters are not going to be not- at home developing their own stuff. And so I think if anything, it's going to bring more people to the lab, more people to come and want to be a part of the fine lab and learn from us. So that is my dream. Maybe one day it'll actually happen. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Follow along in the fine lab. (laughs) Yes. I think that's so important, though. I I feel like we talk about it a bunch on here of just like getting people involved is so Uh huge. And even the littlest thing. I mean, you don't have to do all your stuff at home, but especially when I I did a zine project last year and, you know, I shot all the film, I developed all the film, I scanned it, I laid it out. Like there's just something so gratifying or like there's just like such a good feeling about owning the whole process and right. yeah I don't think I don't think that would take away from the lab no, whatsoever. No. And and I think if anything like we're we're progressing more like we're giving more people the knowledge on how to do this and how to I like the word that I keep coming back to is it's going to empower people yep. to be yep. able to I mean film film itself is more I I feel like is more empowering for, for me than digital, just because it is a hands-on process, right? And you, it's, it's really satisfying, right? To see that, like, you physically did this. You were the one that, you were the one that did this. It wasn't just like a, a computer or a, you know, uh-huh. it, it wasn't any of that. You did it. And so taking it like one step further where it's not just like you're sending in your roles and you're just, you're not seeing the scanning process. You're not seeing the develop, you know, you're not seeing any of that. If you can learn how to do it yourself, I just feel like for me, that's, that is going to be so empowering. Like it was, it was this weekend when I sat down with my friend, like we were losing our minds and it was just like, (laughs) and it's so simple. Like people have been developing film for so long Mm -hmm. and I've just never done it. And it is, it just feels good. It feels really good. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Maddie, are you shooting like professionally aside from doing stuff at the Fine Lab or are you just kind of personal stuff right now? No, not right now. I um, When I started working at the Fine Lab, I, I was about a year into... So I had my... I, I got pregnant and had my daughter and that kind of put a lot of things on hold. But before I got pregnant with her, I had started my business in doing family photography, but I had like just started... We got pregnant unexpectedly and I have really, really hard pregnancies and I'm in the hospital and I'm, it's just, it's really bad. So it put a lot of it on hold. So at about when she turned one, that's when I went back. I, I, that's when I started working at the fine lab and I thought I was going to get started back into professionally, like charging people for film, for family photography, but I got caught up in, you know, the 40 hour work week and, you know, I was feeling satisfied with my work there and I didn't Mm. feel like I needed to, I I was already making money that way. So I I didn't need to do something that 
wasn't exactly what I wanted. So I just kind of set aside the professional stuff and I haven't really picked it back up. I, I just have been doing stuff for myself and it's just been, it's been nice. Cause I, I have, I'm, I'm trying to do it all while I'm actually working full time so that I can get the film discount, which is so yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I just, it's like getting me to, it's pushing me to do these projects with, that I've been sitting on for so long. Right. You know, I've just been waiting to do it. So it's, a, it's an interesting thing when you find a job that can creatively satisfy you because that's, that's tricky. Like I, I haven't I gone Full time. I haven't, I haven't had a. I've worked part time, but I haven't had a full time gig since photography school, and it's because like I'm like it has to be the right thing, you know. Right. Like I can't right. get a job that then then I don't have time for photography because yeah. that's the one thing that keeps me going in life. Absolutely. So yep. like I said, to, that's like the dream job to to be you know around all those people all day and like I know I'm surrounded by film photography and it's a, yeah <laughs> it's amazing it keeps me and and on top of that being in the marketing right now it's just like I have all these juices flowing like okay this yes. is what we need to do and we need to yes. like I just want to get <laughs> all of the knowledge out to all of the people and I'm just like let me empower you to yeah. do this <laughs> it's been it's been pretty great yeah so. the dream <laughs> so I wanted to pick your brain about your personal project since you brought it up can you kind of talk about what what you're working on for our listeners because I think it's super important. Yeah. So I started this project. I haven't really found a clever name for it yet. <laughs> I haven't really sat down and figured it out. But it's 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 a project on postpartum depression. It started because I got pregnant with my daughter. I had a lot of depression through the pregnancy and then I, because of how hard the pregnancy was, I was like, I deserve a good baby. This is going to be amazing. And I did not get the best baby in the world. She was very hard and she screamed for six months straight. She like never stopped. Mm. And I, it just, um, I don't know if I would have dealt with postpartum depression if I hadn't. I think I probably would have with, I already deal with anxiety and depression in general. So I, I assumed that I was, I was kind of prepared for it, but I wasn't prepared for it. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I dealt with postpartum depression during that time and it kind of continued until I, until I got my job at the fine lab, until I got out of the house and I was around other people and, and doing something that like, I, I believe that creativity, it doesn't take away mental health, at least for me, but it does kind of bring a little bit of light to the situation. And I think like I'm able to see a little bit more clearly when I am able to be creative and I am at the fine line, but I'm able to do that there. So the postpartum depression went away when I was going through it though. I felt like I needed to just kind of send out like a Google forum saying just as my social, just to social media and just saying, if you have dealt with postpartum depression, if you're dealing with it, I want to photograph you. I don't know when I can do this, but I want to get some names of people here in Utah that would be willing to let me come to your home to sit down and to, I, I record them. I have a conversation with them about all of it. And then I photograph them in their home. So I got kind of a list of names for that. I, I couldn't. I couldn't follow through with it at that point because I was still kind of in the thick of things with the postpartum. So I sat on it. And until about a year ago, I I went with the owner, John Canlis, to a local high school. We were doing kind of a outreach type situation where we're we're trying to get more more kids into film photography. And there's there's only like two schools that do film development now. That's crazy. They've gotten rid of all of wow. their stuff. And yeah. so I happened to have a 
a really good friend who runs the photo department and, and she has a, a dark room. So we reached out to her and she's like, yes, please come. Like, so John came, we came, we took, he like took headshots of all the kids. They were stoked. <laughs> they were incredible Amazing. headshots. Yeah. And he just talked to them about personal projects. And talk to them about how, yes, he has this, he has the fine lab and he has his, his company there. Yes, he, he shoots weddings still sometimes. And yes, he shoots family sessions, but that is not why he loves photography. He loves photography because of his personal projects and he does the other things to fund it, to, to get himself to be able to do those projects. He has a, a lot of personal projects that he's worked on. So we left that. I walked away and I was like, I think I was more inspired than the kids were. I was just like, I was just being called. I was just like, okay, I have to just do it. I like, I, I need to just do it. So for the next couple months, I went and I interviewed, I, I sent out the form again and I interviewed a bunch of women and started working on it. And then life happened again. And I sat on it for a while. So I sat on the images and the, the transcript for months. Um, and that's when this last October I was dealing with an ectopic pregnancy. That was a whole, whole nother situation, but I, I was kind of, I had a lot of downtime. I was dealing, I thought I was going through a miscarriage and I just was at home for a lot of it. And then I was also, I ended up having surgery and having my, my tube removed. And I had a lot of downtime after that. Mm. And I just, I wasn't at work and I wasn't being fulfilled creatively. Uh-huh. And I just was itching and I needed to do something. And painting my nails was not cutting it <laughs> and was not fulfilling the creative side of me. Um, and I couldn't move out of my bed. So I grabbed my computer and I finally finally put together on my uh, website or at least a website for my personal projects and for my personal work. Currently, there are only two projects that I've uploaded. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I have a third one going up. It's been kind of slow since October because after that pregnancy, I have been dealing with a lot of postpartum depression. Who knew that you could get Jesus, that after an yeah. ectopic pregnancy? I sure didn't until it hit me. <laughs> so it's just, I'm, I'm learning to be soft with myself and not be upset that like I'll gain momentum and I'll yep. get this project out and the word gets out and I'm so excited. And then it's just like, okay, I can't, I can't keep this up. So I'm taking it a little bit at a time. There's no deadline on the project. I'm, I'm hoping to get, get more out while I, I had a lot of like new followers and I, I just want to get as much out as I can right now. Yeah. But it's taking time. So <laughs> that's kind of the overview of what's been happening and, and kind of the the idea around it. So, well, I want to tell you, I, the images are stunning. I just was relooking at them again today, and I yeah. thank you. D- the the just the mood of the photos, obviously, is, you probably yeah. chose to do black and white, high contrast. Yeah. Um, right. Can you talk about what is the process like when you do you talk to these women on the phone first to kind of give them a, like this is what it's going to be, or do you just no. kind of go and meet them? Yeah, maybe if I had done personal projects before and known what I was doing, maybe I would have <laughs> done that. Just kind of winged it. I don't know. The only thing I told them ahead of time was like we're going to be shooting in your home, and even if your home doesn't have a lot of light, it guaranteed has one window. Like we can make something happen out of right. one window. We can go outside if we need to, as long as it. I, I just wanted it to be in their home where they experienced this. This even if they've it wasn't that exact space, even if they've moved or whatever. I wanted it to be as close to the experience as possible. So when I'm photographing them, you can actually feel like okay, 
I'm seeing what they actually went through. I'm seeing where this happened. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. So yeah. the only thing that I told them prior or ahead of time was that I wanted them to leave their house messy if that is how it was when they were going through it. Um, if they dealt with the depression or the postpartum anxiety or depression by cleaning, then clean your house. Like whatever it looked like when you were going through it, I wanted it to be as close to that as possible. And it just, it feels so good. I, I, I'm using a 35 and a 120 and I, if just, I'm taking the detail shots on the 35 and getting the detail shots of just like the messy house. And I don't know. Oh, it's just, it just fills my soul <laughs> when I cut, when I get those images back and I've, it's HP five push three stops. There's so much contrast and it's yeah. just, it just feels uh. like it just feels like where it needs to be for this top, for these topics that we're talking about for this. I'm sitting with these women and I'm talking to them and they're telling me about, I mean, the, the, the two that I have on the website right now are pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. Um, one's, one's talking about suicide, um, and about how she, she wanted to just kill herself and her baby because she couldn't do it. And then another, the second one is a woman who had to give birth and then her daughter died shortly after she had a lot of complications. So <sighs> I'm, I, those are not the only stories I want to tell. I specifically chose those ones because I kind of wanted it to be eye catching. And I yeah. kind of, I know, I like, I feel like, I feel kind of bad saying like I, I'm playing on those emotions of people, but sh showing those first got people to come and look, right? And right. got yeah. people to yeah. say, I want to subscribe to this. I want to follow this and I want to continue seeing this because I feel that this is important too. So my future ones that I will post, the one that I'll post in a couple weeks is a little bit heavy, but not quite as heavy as the other ones. And then I, I also want to interview women where it looked different. You know, it didn't look like suicide. It didn't look like, you know, just, right. it didn't look as crazy, right? It was just like, my baby was perfect. It didn't like, nothing was wrong with my baby. Y you know what I mean? Like all of these, like just different experiences where these women can multiple women can relate and right. and not just feel like just because these women had kind of severe side effects or se like severe cases essentially i guess for most part i don't know if that's the right word but they everyone like not everyone but a multiple women deal with postpartum depression and yeah. it doesn't have to look like that like it can look like your baby being perfect and not screaming at all and you not feeling like you can connect with your child and that you just want to hurt the child for no reason, right? Like this is just, that is what happens with postpartum. And, and it looks different. It doesn't always come out in um, depression. It sometimes comes out in anxiety and it sometimes comes out in different ways. But I want to be able to tell enough stories to be able to show, like every woman looking at it can at least relate to one of them and, and not feel alone, you know? I was just going to say, that's the most important thing because- Think about how like women have been uh, doing giving birth for literally the Ever. dawn of time. Yes. Forever. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no, like just now in 2019, 2020, we're, we're starting to say like, hey, like this is okay that you feel this way. This right. is a side effect of what your body and your mind went through. Right. Like it's let's connect with each other. Let's be there for each other. Let's tell stories. So yeah. you don't feel like, am I insane? Like what yes. is happening? You know? Yes. So I think yeah. like I said, I think that's very important. Your project is very important. I, I commend you for for doing it because it's. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. I I agree with you that that there is more talk. I think a lot of that is social media, and mm -hmm. I think that plays a huge part into it. I I remember a couple years ago 
talking with a friend and she told me that she was hospitalized for postpartum mm-hmm. and was put into a, a psych unit. And that was the first time I had ever heard that that had happened. Like that was a thing. And I was just kind of like shocked. And I was like, okay, that must be a rare case. It's no, not a rare case. That's what they used to do in the sixties. They were just right. like, yeah, go. Right. And, and it's, it's a little bit different than, than it was in the sixties, right. but not a ton. Right. Right. Like, it like, I, I think back to my grandma and she was, she dealt with a lot of postpartum depression. She dealt with a lot of mental health all of her life. And when her kids were very young, basically the state told her, you get your act together or we're taking your children away. Wow. Yep. And so she, yep. and, and like literally like we will take your children and you will not have them back. So she just buried it and she just pushed through because she had to. And it affected my my mom and and my my aunt and uncles majorly because because of that like if she had gotten the help that she needed which right. at that point they didn't really have the tools to help but even even that first story that i've posted about sage where she really wasn't given the option and they just said you're a heart like you are a problem to yourself and to your baby even though she felt like she had put enough things in place where she was like, I have people that are watching me. People know that these are my thoughts. My husband's going to be there. Like we, I have, I have like security measures in place because I know that these are not right. Like, Mm. okay thoughts. And they still sent her to the psych ward and they still treated her horribly in the psych ward. And I'm, I, I don't know if that's everyone's experience in the psych ward, but it was for her. And it just makes me like, how is it possible that back in the sixties to Mm -hmm. now, that's still the same, right? Like we haven't really progressed that much. Like, it's just, it's, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. I just, I, I think that we are talking about it more. And I think with any topic, any hard topic, if we can talk about it, yeah, if we can talk about it and just put words to it and, and voice it, that alone will alleviate a lot of the shame and a lot of the, the, the darkness that comes with being quiet about things that are hard. You know, and it, and that can apply to a lot of things in in life, addiction, and you know, it, just things that are stigmatized. There's just a million things that it could, could apply to, but we voice it, and more people are willing to voice it. More people will feel, like you said, feel like they are heard, and feel like they are. I don't know if the love's not the right word. I don't remember what word we were using before. Seen, yeah, m- maybe, and mm. and yeah, it just. I think it's important. I have, I've seen that is that it's important as just putting out two projects. It's been the feedback that I've gotten of these just women being like, this isn't talked about. This isn't right. like, we never talk about things like this. We keep it quiet and we whisper about it. And it, it brings, like, it just makes women feel like they are okay to be who they are because because of it and not feel ashamed. And, and I'm, I think that showing women how other women have dealt with the, de- with the depression, whether it was medication, whether it was therapy, whether neither of those things worked, whether it was meditation and yoga, like whatever creativity, what, whatever it is, how did you get through it? Because not, there's not a one size fits all for postpartum depression and medication is not going to work for everybody and therapy is not going to work for everybody. Um, so giving these women more ideas to try, I think is, is another goal because I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have had that. And, right. and my daughter's only, she's only two and a half and it's not like that much has changed since then, but a lot has changed. I don't right. like, yeah. right. Yeah. It just, yeah. it feels like something 
something happened in the last couple of years. And I think that I, yes, had more support than people five years, 10 years, 20 years previous did. But I think every year that we move forward, something's happening and we are talking more and we are bringing light to these situations and, and destigmatizing these topics. And it's, and it's important for me that I, that I do that through my photography. I, I, I don't know why I would shoot photography if it wasn't for helping others, if it wasn't for the benefit of others. I, it, it is powerful to mm. see a photo. You just, even if you don't know the backstory, you see a photo and you can feel it. You know, yeah. if it's like, if it's something that is real, it's not a staged photo. It is a, like an emotional real thing. And I have been healed through photography and I want to do that for other people. And so postpartum depression is not the only topic I want to cover and I, that I want to do projects on, but it is the one that I started with. So I know your plans, you're kind of taking it one day at a time with it right mm -hmm. now, but do you have any grand, grander plans, like maybe a show or a book? Yeah. The idea originally was to do, do a show. So I kind of thought if I'm going to do a show, how do I like what? format do I want to use? What film stock? How will it look up on a wall? And so I chose shooting 6.6 for the 120 and then shooting 35. And I felt like I kind of laid it out in Adobe and just kind of put a, a square image next to a next to a 35 image and just kind of played around with what I could do on the wall and what would be the most striking and, and work the best. And I think that I just kind of went with the first thing that came to mind. And so I hope that it turns out like I want it to when it comes to having the show and when it comes time to do a show. But that's kind of how I envisioned it. I think that I do want to do some sort of book. I don't know if it, if it's going to be like an actual book, if it's going to be, is it zine? I always say yeah. it wrong. I say zine. Yeah. <laughs> a zine. I don't know if that's what, I, I don't know what the avenue for that is, but I do want it printed. If not for anyone else, for, for myself, I want to have, I want to see that on, on paper. There's nothing like printing your photos. <laughs> so no. yeah, that's, that's the, that's the ultimate goal is, is some sort of book, some sort of printed images with the story next to it. But, who knows? We'll see. That's uh, so. Since you've released these, the two stories and one to come, do you get a lot of people reaching out to you with their story? Like, mm -hmm. has it has it affected things like that? And yeah. they're like, tell my tell my story. Yeah, yeah. And and what I just I just say like fill out my forum because mm -hmm. even if you don't live in Utah, I want to find some way to tell these women's stories. So I don't know if it's on my website and I create yeah. a section of just like no pictures and just words and just yeah. take like the most like striking words from each person's post or, or each person's words and just put it up all together somehow. I, I do a lot of graphic design. So I, I know that I'll be able to figure it out somehow, but I, I tell these women, like they'll Instagram message me their, their stories. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. I can't, I mean, especially right now, I can't, I don't have the energy to, to do these stories justice right now. So I'm like, please go fill out my forum so right. that I have something to go back to so that I can tell your story eventually. I want to tell yeah. the story. And I, I think it's important for these women to tell their stories. I think it is liberating to just at least, if you're not saying it out loud, to at least type it out and at least kind of form it in your mind of like, this is what happened. This is real. And someone actually wants to hear this story, you know, and, and I think that in itself is, is healing. So just giving, maybe even on my website, having a section where people like women from 
wherever can input their stories and then I can mm. continue to post it. I don't know. Or like even a Facebook group so people yeah. could Yeah. Right. Facebook groups and Instagram can really connect. An Instagram yeah. account. I don't know. Something something. But you know, we'll we'll get I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I almost actually tagged you. Um Alanis Morissette posted about her postpartum depression. I oh, was really? like Matt I was like, that'd be somebody to get. <laughs> Maddie, she'd be Oh the my be- gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you guys oh, got man. Jeff, I mean, I think I can get freaking Alanis <laughs> Morissette, right? Yeah, she. I mean, she, she's passionate about it. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. I'll, yeah, we'll be the first true. to say. <laughs> I'll get a few more stories posted, maybe okay. a little bit more hype going around it, and then I'll reach out to her and be like, okay. look at this. <laughs> I think she'd be down. She seems really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love all of her music. So. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it speaks to my soul. So I, I feel like our souls would connect on yes, postpartum, definitely. you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely want to say thank you for all that you're doing for that because it, it is uh it's a shame that it's not talked about more and that yeah. mental illness and all this stuff is still just like looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, the more we keep it inside, the the longer it's going to stay the way it is, which yep. is which yep. is a total bummer. The more and, we will medicate ourselves and the less we will interact oh, yeah. with, with each yeah. other. <laughs> I I think that like I I have learned over the past couple of months that I my the medication that I've been on for anxiety has been very numbing and I didn't really realize how numbing it like to what degree it was until these past couple of months and I started doing I started doing I started lowering my medication and I started doing more yoga and meditation and I'm realizing how numb I was and I and I don't know if that's at the side effect for everybody on these antidepressants and and on all of these medications and I and I'm not bagging on medication because it changed my life and it showed me that I can have a life and that I can do things that I want to do and I have hope for the future and be married and have kids and do the things uh-huh. that I actually want yeah um but I have to for myself have to find another way to go about dealing with it because I want to feel my life. I, I right, don't just right, want to right, be numb right. through all of it because like it, I'm having this, this experience doing this, this project and I'm not feeling it as I'm not feeling it as much as I know I could be as I used to feel before I was on the medication. So I, I think that I want to also help destigmatize, like you were saying, just all of this. I just want everything to be destigmatized. Yeah, everything. I just want literally. people to be able to live their lives. But obviously, I have to just take it a little bit at a time. So, I mean, postpartum depression and talking about medication through that, destigmatizing that. I recently had a conversation with John Canlis, and I was just like, I feel so strongly. He recently went to Cuba with with a bunch of people for a workshop, and his workshop wasn't just to go and learn how to take pretty photos. It was to go and help people there and to go and give back to the community. So they brought, they brought a lot of, uh, things like clothing and, and just basic needs that they take, that we take for granted. You know, they all brought a bunch of stuff. And so when they were out shooting, they were able to give these things to people. And John has some incredible stories from it, but I was just telling him like, this is why I do photography because I want to make a difference. I want to use my privilege in a way that betters other people because I have been privileged by being white (laughs) and growing up in America and growing up in, in the community that I did, I was given a leg up. And so I was telling him that I want to do some sort of 
program, not program, that's the wrong word. I want to do some sort of project here in Utah, like what he did in Cuba, but I don't know, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And he kind of, you know, directed me towards, well, you could do the home, you could help with the homeless, you could help with the LGBTQ community. That's a huge yeah. thing here in Utah with Mormonism and, and not feeling loved. And, you know, there's right. just, there's a, there are a lot of things that I could do and that I want to do. So I have, I have personal projects in the work, in the works, a couple that are more solidified than just what I just talked to you about. But I, a lot of it just goes back to helping others. That is just what I feel like. I, I feel like I have the personality to, to, to do it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you I know? love that. I, mean, I want to do it. So that's amazing to, to use what you love to like help other people. I think anytime yeah. we get a chance to do that yeah. with photography is like right. the dream come true. Right. Even just not photography, helping others. We, yeah. Is, well, we, yeah. We, yeah. We, we all need to practice that. Right. 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 Because <laughs> there, right. the, there is nothing better than even little things that you can do. Just, yeah. just make yeah. a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that I just because I'm in the situation where I am, where I am not the only person bringing income into my my little family. My husband is as well that I don't want to use my photography to just fulfill myself. Like other people want to help, but they don't have, they don't have the time because they are working to the bone, right? Like, mm-hmm. like they don't have the energy or the time to do it. And so when I do have the energy to do it, I feel like I have to be doing that. I have to be using that or else I'm just wasting what I've been given. And so I don't know. It's just, I, I feel very privileged to be where I'm at and I feel uncomfortable being in that position if that makes, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah. So, so one more question about the project you have going on now. You said you're releasing one in the next few weeks. Is it already Mm -hmm. shot or do you have Mm -hmm. it planned or, oh, okay. So yeah, I have, I have two that I've, so I had about five that were like, yes, ready, ready, like not ready to go, but the audio worked on it and the, the images turned out how like, at least how I wanted in some way. Um, so I still have those to produce. I still have three that I, that I have in the works. Um, the one that I'm, that I will be posting in the next couple of weeks is actually my sister. She was the first one that I photographed. It was mainly as just like a, Hey, come, we were living together at the same time at that time. And I was like, Hey, come over to this light and take a picture. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to try out and see if I can actually push HP five, three stops and make it look good. And, and I wanted to do kind of like a mock, like I was nervous to go to these interviews with, with this, with these women. And so I was like, I just want to kind of, you know, flesh it out beforehand. Yeah, so test we run. sat, yeah, we sat down and took some photos and I, they are some of my favorite photos Yay, ever, but I think I it's because, see them. I think it's because it's my sister. I'm, oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure it's not, <laughs> I'm sure it's not like the most amazing photos in the world, but they're, they're important to me because her story I was here for. I was involved yeah. with, I was, I was affected by it. And so it feels, I just am, I'm really excited to put it out. I, we have to wait. My sister's getting a divorce and she talks a little bit about her husband in that process. And we don't want anything to be messed up in the right, divorce. Right, so, right, right. um, we are waiting until the last pages signed and then I will post it. It's already, it was basically, I posted it before and I was waiting to hear back from her lawyer to see if it was even possible for me to be able to do that. And she, the, her lawyer was like, hold on, yeah. take it down. Yeah. I don't want anything to mess up mediation and all these things. So that'll come out in the next couple of weeks when things are, are finalized on that. But I'm really excited for that one to come out. Yay. Yeah. So there's 
You said four or five done? There are a solid four, possibly cool. five. I might have to reshoot the fifth oh, no. one. Well, I'm going to see if I'm able to get what I want out of it. Essentially, what happened was I was an idiot and opened the back of my camera on my <laughs> 35. So, a lot of the detail shots didn't turn out. Right. The main shots did. I'm trying to see if I can work with the detail shots that I have and be okay with there being light leaks in some of them and kind of make it work, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. We'll see. I might have to just redo that one. Um, But, yeah. So, hopefully, for sure four. For sure four. I have so many. I have over 100 women that that wrote on that that forum that are – I mean, I would say about like 20 of them don't live in Utah. But that's 80 women who yeah. said they would be willing, that they want to talk about it, that they want me to come. There is no way that I would be able to do that unless it was an ongoing project for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. But, or or if I was able to devote more time to it and, you know, after having tiny children. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'll cap it at. I don't know what my goal is as far as like, okay, that's enough to do a show or that's enough right. to put in a book. I'm just kind of going with what feels right and it's my project and I feel like I yeah. am, it feels good to have have it not be on someone else's schedule and not oh, have yeah. to yeah. like get photos to somebody immediately. I I sat on these photos for like 8 months and then I was like, "Oh, hey, I think you might like these. And I like sent them to, to, to the women and they're like, what? And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I forgot that I Sorry. have these. <laughs> but it just, it's, it's feels nice to be able to kind of have it on my time schedule. But I, I, I am feeling kind of a more urgency to finish it. Maybe not completely, but to get as much out as I can right now. So yeah. hopefully I'll have the energy for that soon. Do, do you think you'll, come across a story that you like will travel for like if it's in another part of the u.s yeah. i mean if alanis wants me to i mean hey alanis <laughs> any day i yeah. will i will pay to come out and and do that i i don't know if it's within driving distance you know mm-hmm. if it's like a road trip maybe if it's somewhere yeah. that i normally go like portland or boise right. like those are two places that i'm there all the time i i for sure i'm going to be doing some in, Port- in boise I, I have like that not planned yet, but that is in the works. Nice. I don't know. I don't know because it just depends on financial situations and if like we're making enough to me for me to be able to right. put money towards that when it's not bringing me income. You know, the constant struggle. Am I right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we know yeah. all about it. <laughs> we all feel that. <laughs> well, you talked about you talked about pushing HP five mm. three stops. What now? What cameras are you using? We'd probably get shunned if we didn't ask you. What yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I am not a camera buff, so just just know that that I may be saying things wrong and I may not actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's um, okay. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's not something that I'm crazy passionate about. Like finding yeah, the cameras, yeah. it's important to me that they do what I need them to do. Mm-hmm, same. And that I understand it to the point that I can take, put a roll through it and it turn out in some way and it, I can edit it to make it look okay. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I just, I just am not a camera buff. There's plenty of people where I work that will talk to you day in and day <laughs> night, like day in and day out about, <laughs> about all of it. But, I am shooting for this project. I am shooting um, my Yashika, Yashika, well, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and I am shooting, I've switched. I'm shooting now my Canonet. 
um, QL 17 or something. Ooh, yeah, great camera. Um, I for love the my, 35. My but all the images that you're seeing currently were done on my EOS 3, um, which is like the 50 millimeter 1.4 Canon lens. Um, I have fallen in love with my Canonet since I was photographing this mm. last year on this with this project. And I, they're both 35, so I don't really care. I'm just going to yeah. use use whichever one makes me happiest. And that is my Canonet. That's <laughs> so a great are, camera. Those are the two that I'm using. Those are the two that I shoot with. Those I don't really... I have other cameras, but I some are broken. Some I don't care to fix. Some I just... <laughs> you know, some are just point and shoots. And and I, I think that the, the ones that I use the most right now are my Canonet, my, my Yashica, and my, my Instax. My Instax. I I have recently fallen in love with the square format of Instax, and I had I had a wide uh, like an Instax wide and an Instax mini, and both of them didn't give you very much control over what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, The wide lets you turn off the flash, which is huge, and it lets you lighten and darken, and that's huge. But I hate the format. I just I don't know what it is. It's like a weird size. It just doesn't like. It just doesn't feel good to me. I don't know why. Um, and the mini, I love the mini size. I love, I like when it pops out, I'm excited about it. But the mini, the camera that I, I think it's just every mini Instax camera that you see, I don't think that they have many different versions of it. There's zero control, at least the one that I had. And yeah. Yeah. for whatever reason, some people get lucky on their cameras and like it can just read the exposure well. Mine does not. And I will go through 10, like 10 exposures and I will get two out of it. And all the rest are literal way too blown out or like you can't see anything in the image. So I recently for Christmas got myself the Polaroid SQ6, I think is what it's called. It's just the square format and it has a lot more control over it, which is so nice. It's not full manual, which is I am dreaming the day that they will do that. Um, we all are. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. But, and, and I, I didn't shoot, in, I had those cameras for a few years and I didn't shoot them. I think I was kind of like, ew, it's popular, please stop. <laughs> but, uh, but then I was just like, okay, get over it. Like, yeah. you love shooting it. And my daughter is, uh, I had not introduced it to my daughter yet. And so when I bought this new camera, she's just like, <gasps> <gasps> and she like grabs it before it's even done printing and pulls it out. And she's just like, like literally she'll sit and she'll, she'll say, come on, come on, oh, come on. And like, she's just so excited and it's very satisfying for her like to see the process. So yeah, I know that it's not quite film 35, 120, but it's been fun. It's, it's been kind of the medium I've been shooting lately. I've just been posting those on my Instagram stories and it's been, it's been good. So that's no, awesome. That's great. Yeah, I love that. And I, <laughs> I always am jealous of someone who is not obsessed with gear. And because I mean, it, it's so hard when you're just like, I, I had the battle today. I was like, what camera am I taking with to mm-hmm. go out and do something? And I, I sat here for 15 minutes again. Like, it's just a constant struggle. So yeah, I, uh, I tip my hat to you. And I'm <laughs> so glad. I'm so jealous of that. Like, maybe someday. <laughs> I mean, it's maybe hard for someday. me. And I only have three cameras to decide yeah. like what <laughs> right. I'm going to shoot. So I don't know. I don't know how anyone else does it. <laughs> uh, terrible, terrible. <laughs> we'll be right back with a listener question for Maddie right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. 
All right, guys. So this is part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Rising Phoenix Podcast. And they ask, does it ever weigh heavy on her to be involved in such a heavy topic? Um, Yeah. So I think that if, I mean, we already kind of talked about this where I have to take a step back when I'm dealing with my own mental health because I haven't interviewed any women when I've been in that space. I've only interviewed women when I am doing okay, you know? So I don't know what it would be like if I had to interview someone right now. That would be, I feel like it would be very tough and probably very triggering for me. Yeah. But at the time, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily, I don't, the word isn't weighing, it's not heavy, but there is something that comes with like just at least interacting with people on that level that drains you. So it, it's not so much that like, it's not like, it's not the feeling that like when you're watching a movie and you're just like, that was the heaviest movie. Yeah. And it was just like, I need to like watch something else to get my emotions, yeah, like, yeah. you know, something different here. Um, it's just as more exhausting. Because I, I leave, I, I think it's, there's a lot of parts to that. One is like trying to figure out exactly how I want the images to look. Cause I don't know what their house looks like prior. I don't know what they look like prior to it. I, I'm kind of creating that content and like in my brain be like right there in the moment when they're telling me their story. So, I mean, to some degree, whenever you're working with other people <laughs> with, with photography and you're the one photographing and you're the one in charge, there's a lot of, energy that is taken out of you. Um, mm. on top of that, there is this really heavy side of it where you have to hear these stories and you, it's, it's not just like them sending in audio. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm conversing with them and I'm connecting with them and I'm trying to be on the le that level with them, um, so that they feel as much as possible able to open up that because no one's going to open up to somebody who isn't, giving and taking, right? Like it just, right. it, it's just, it needs, at least for me, I feel like it needs to be, I have to be there on that level. So it's not heavy. It just feels exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So I, but again, I, it's not like I'm doing these every other day at the time, I guess I did do those like five interviews within a month span. So, and it did feel like a lot, like that felt like almost too much. But I think if I spread it out more, it'll be, it'll be a little yeah. bit, a little bit less, not heavy, but it'll be a little bit lighter, maybe. I imagine it's yeah. pretty cathartic too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and hearing, because I experienced it, hearing, being validated, feeling yeah. validated. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, it's not just all, it's not, a lot of women are saying that they feel validated, but I do too, right? Yeah. Like it's helping me, it's helping me process through that. I, I don't think that I've fully worked through that. Like, I think I have a lot of PTSD from when my daughter was little. And I think that for myself, talking about it helps me to work through it. That is not the case for a lot of people. Not yeah. talking about it is the best way to go about right. it. But for me, I, I, I'm able to process and fully come to terms. And I like kind of see uh, emotion and energy as these things that like get like stuck in like different parts of our body. And I just like can see that like that PTSD for my daughter is just like stuck in my hip or like stuck in my foot. And as I, as I talk about it with these women, I'm very much an, an energy person, but, um, as I'm talking with these women, I can feel it. I can feel it coming yeah. up. I can feel myself working through it. And it's been, yeah, very, very helpful to me. Very cathartic. It's been, it's been good. So yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. Do you think you will ever turn the camera around on yourself for this project and do some like self portraits or, you know, kind of tell your story as well? Yeah, I, I want to, I have thought about that. I don't know if it will, if you're following me for the postpartum depression or for the postpartum project or just following me, not even not for that. I do talk a lot about my mental health. I do. I feel like I almost post too much about it. (laughs) So I'm worried that it's going to feel for those people who know me, it's going to feel too redundant. Maybe is the word, I guess. I feel like I'm kind of like, it's, I'm putting, I'm putting a lot on myself. It's, it's not that I post too much about it. It just like kind of have a lot the past couple of months because of the ectopic pregnancy. But I just, I felt during that time, that I needed to document it. So I had my husband, he knows how to work my cannonet. So he, during that ectopic pregnancy and that whole experience that I had that month, he photographed a lot of it. He wow. photographed when I was miscarrying, he photographed me in the bathroom and he photographed wow. me in the hospital when I was going in for surgery. And so I have these, I have these images of myself. Um, but I do, I do want to do, I do want to turn the camera around. I don't, I haven't decided who I want to do the photographing. I don't know if it's necessarily, I I don't think I can get what I want out of it doing (laughs) self-timer, right? right? Like it's just, I want to be able, I want someone to be able to pick up the camera and tell it in the way that feels true to my story. I just haven't figured out who I want. There's plenty of options out there. I just need to, I don't know, decide. (laughs) Right. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's an eventual goal of mine. I I don't know if I will tell my story until I am done having kids because I know that I will deal with more postpartum depression. I know that 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 is that is going to happen. I I it happened before I continued to have depression in between the postpartum and so I just I'm I think it's inevitable. I think that doing this project, I am learning like healthy coping mechanisms and ways to work through that. So I I think I just need to wait until I am done with the postpartum depression when when it's made made its way through me. (laughs) Maybe when they're in high school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe when I'm almost dead, I'll turn the camera around. (laughs) (laughs) Granny, Granny Maddie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Awesome. Great answers. Thank you. So we have uh, another tricky part of, although you sort of kind of answered it already. If you had to choose one, we have a feeling what it might be, but what is your all-time favorite camera? What can't, what can't you live without? Yeah, I think it changes, obviously. I think we all agree with that. It changes with oh yeah the season and the camera you're most obsessed with at the time. I just have never been more obsessed with the camera than I have with this Canonet. It's been amazing. And I, it was just kind of randomly brought up in the scanning room as this, my coworker was like, he brought it in and he showed it to me and he had like a lens, lens hood, but it was, I wish I had it here and I could show you guys, but it, it looked so sleek and it looked so beautiful. And I was like, (laughs) what is is that? Yeah. I was like, what is that? And he's like, let me show you. And he like showed me all the things. He showed me all the reasons why he loves it. He showed me the images that he's been able to get out of it. And I was like, is that the lens that you shot that image on? He's like, it's all fixed. It's all yep. just there. It's ready to go. And I was like, this is exactly what I need for this time in my life of being a mom and running around and craziness. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry about batteries. I don't have to worry about anything else. I just get to pick up the camera and shoot it. 
and it's been so fun playing with it. I put a little tiny flash on the top of it and I shoot a lot of flash images with my daughter and with it just it like it is so fun there's so many things i can do with it i can like rig it to do like double exposures and i can there's just it just it speaks to my soul you know i never thought about putting a flash on it that's oh yeah yeah my the one that i got was just a i don't know what the name of it is i, I don't know what the brand is but it's like the flash slaver slaver it's the one where like you attach to a different camera and it kind of sits out to the side oh, okay. and and it will pick up on the flash that's going on your main camera and give you a little bit extra light but it is yes it is a hot mm-hmm. it has a hot shoe on it so i just take that i don't worry about that part that attaches to the camera and i just stick it on the hot shoe and it's like this big it is yeah. tiny and it's like the perfect i i have to have something small for running around with my daughter and yeah. I love my point and shoot. I love, love, love the images that it can give me. And I love how easy it is to just open it up. And it's just like, it's, it chooses the exposure for me and just does it. But it also, I don't get the decision on the f-stop and uh-huh. you know yeah. the lens is nothing compared to what the Canonet is. So I use, I use my point and shoot a lot, a lot, a lot. And I give it to my daughter a lot. She'll take it and she'll just point it at you know, random crap around the <laughs> yeah, room. Yeah, and it yeah. is, it is the best thing getting, I have no idea what's going to be on the roll and getting that back. Yeah. But <laughs> for myself, if I had to choose one, definitely the Canonet. Yeah. It's such a good answer. It's a good, <laughs> no, I love that it's so small. That's my favorite thing about yeah. it is it's like yeah. such a small, light, little, yep. little fun toy. So there's the second part to the question and it's the white whale. Is there anything that you've had your eye on that you're just like, man, I really want one of those? Ooh, I don't know. I, with 120, honestly, I guess I'm really, really satisfied with my 6.6 format. I, I love, I love, love, love that format. But lately I've, we have a, a lab camera. We have a couple of lab cameras that one of them is the Mamiya RZ. Is that what it is? It's, it's a, is that a 6.9? No, it's a 6.7. Yeah. I want to do, if I'm going to do like more portraits and maybe for a future project, I want a medium format, like six, nine, six, seven, something that's going to give me ex- like just that, n- like nail that, like focus mm-hmm. and just give oh, me yeah. that the <laughs> that I want. Uh-huh. You know, we, we recently took some team member headshots on that camera and then there was a couple images at the end. Um, that we just needed to like burn through so we could hand it over to developing and be able to get those images to put up on our website. And my coworker who works with me in marketing, he was like, let me just shoot a couple of you like in this light. And so it was just window light. And I was like, I got the image back and I was like, why am I not shooting this camera every day of my life? Why am I not checking out this camera? It sits here at the lab all day. I have to do something with this. So maybe that, but I, I don't see myself going out and purchasing any cameras right now. I am very happy with what I have. That's great that you guys have a lab camera. Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We, we use it for obviously a lot of projects that we do at the lab. Um, but yeah, a lot of people will check them out and use them for the weekend or whatever. Another job perk there. (laughs) I know. It's the dream. Yeah. (laughs) So. So rad. Yeah. Great answer. Thank you. 
this was great maddie thank you again yeah. for yeah, for coming on thank you for being so open with us and sharing your story uh we hope our listeners you know if they're going through whatever they're going through if they can relate yeah. to you know what you talked about on the show and just thank you again for doing that thank you um where can everybody check you out and check out your project and all that stuff yeah so i do have a like a photo instagram but i'm not really using it because i mainly only use that for my professional stuff and i'm not shooting professionally right now so everything's on just my personal account and uh it's maddie bergevin m-a-d-i-b-e-r-g-e-v-i-n um that's my instagram my email is just madison m-a-d-i-s-o-n waters w-a-t-e-r-s at gmail.com and then i have the projects linked on my instagram um i've posted a couple of them on there but i um have a link to my website which is just madisonbergevin.com so m-a-d-i-s-o-n-b-e-r-g-e-v-i-n.com um but that's linked so you don't have to like all that down <laughs> just look me up on instagram cool timothy where are you at guys you can head over to instagram it's at timothy makeups i also make film photography related youtube videos just go to the search bar type in timothy makeups you'll find a bunch of stuff there uh chris where are you so i am chris b photo on twitter instagram and youtube um, we're Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram, Analog Talk Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook page and a group you can join and like and share stuff and talk to each other and all that. And yeah, that's it for us. Thank you again, Maddie. Awesome. Thank this you. This was great. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. See you in the next one. Bye. Bye. First off, we want to thank Maddie for being on the show and opening up about such a, a personal topic. And we appreciate it very, very much. And I'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Next up, that's going to take us to Patreon. Guys, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of stuff over there. We're trying to revamp it for the new year, bring some extra material and all kinds of stuff. Also, you get the show two days early on Mondays. So even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. That's pretty rad. All right, guys. So until next week. We will see you then, and take care, and yeah, thanks guys. Later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.